Welcome to the Scripture Memory Podcast, a ministry of Scripture Memory Fellowship. If you've ever felt like memorizing God's Word is an uphill battle, stay tuned. This podcast will help you make Bible memory a consistent and enjoyable part of your daily life. After all, knowing Scripture is the first step towards a fruitful, God-honoring life. So whether you're a new memorizer who needs some practical Bible memory tips, or a veteran memorizer who just needs some encouragement for their journey, stay tuned for today's episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dakota Lynch and Randy Williamson. Hello, and welcome to episode number two of the Scripture Memory Podcast, a ministry of Scripture Memory Fellowship. I'm your host, Dakota Lynch. And I'm Laura Lynch. And I'm Randy Williamson. So we've got a great episode in store for you today as we really dig in and discuss some of the fundamentals of Scripture memorization. So maybe you're tuning in, you're a brand new memorizer, and you say, hey, I just need some basics to help me get started. Or maybe you've been doing this for a long time and you're just looking to pick up a few more helpful hints and tips to help you in your journey. And that's really what this episode is designed to do. So stay tuned uh, and, and join us for this episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast. We want to consider today and answer three questions that are essential if you're going to memorize God's Word. At SMF, we call them the three W's of Scripture memory. They are, what will you memorize? Who will hold you accountable? And when will you finish? Laura, I think, though, before we deal with those specific questions, we need to address an underlying matter that's implied. Becoming an effective memorizer, it it doesn't happen in a vacuum. It doesn't happen on its own. Scripture memory, it's a discipline, and it requires sacrifice and planning if we're going to do it successfully and on a consistent basis. Then that's our hope for our listeners, that memorizing won't be a flash in the pan for you, but a way of life. And that means it's going to require sweat equity for that to happen and planning. You know, Randy, it occurs to me that a lot of people get excited about memorizing Scripture, and it takes sometimes just a few moments to decide, I'm going to do this. But like you said, we need to make this more than just a flash in the pan. And I think part of what we need to realize up front as we get started, uh, what are the costs involved? What does it look like to make this a life habit? And, And Scripture teaches us about what it looks like to really count the costs, doesn't it? That's right, Dakota, and that's going to be featured in our passage of the day. We're going to be hearing Luke chapter 14, verses 25 to 33. And these are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and it's a call to consider the radical sacrifices involved with following him. Our Lord commands would-be disciples to love him with priority over family, to take up the cross daily and die to self, and then lastly, to count the cost. Let's hear it now. Luke 14, 25 to 33. Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish it, All who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? 
And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. You know, we tend to think of the costs involved with discipleship in terms of persecution. However, Christians must make other sacrifices as well. Jesus is Lord over our time. A disciple gives attention to God's word, and that is reflected in their schedule. It's just a matter of fact that saying yes to memorizing and studying the scriptures means saying no to other things. It means we make time and we plan. So I think as we count the cost of memorizing scripture, which is, of course, what we're talking about today, it's important to to know what those costs are and to recognize what the ingredients for success are. And, and again, that's where our three W's of memorizing Scripture really come into play. Laura, you gave us that list of three W's earlier, but remind us and, and talk a little bit about that first one. Sure. Well, the first one is, what will you memorize? In a sense, this step is the easy part. Since all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, from 2 Timothy 3.16, you can memorize any part of God's Word, knowing your efforts will be worthwhile. It's important to pick a project that's realistic, yet challenging. New memorizers probably shouldn't start with the book of numbers. That's part of being realistic here. But on the other hand, don't underestimate the power of the human mind. God has made our brains in an amazing way. Some of it is just a matter of training it. Most people are capable of memorizing two to three verses a week, while some experienced memorizers have achieved 40 plus verses a week. Do you guys remember what the first passage of Scripture was that you memorized? Where did you start? I don't know what my very first verse was, but for me it was Psalm 1. And my reasons for that were a little bit unique. I looked at it and I said, this is a great chapter and it's only six verses. And if I spend 30 minutes working on this, I'll have a whole chapter done. And that was exciting to me, just to make a goal that was reasonable. It was a passage of Scripture that was speaking into my life. And it was, it was something that gave me a great sense of accomplishment to be able to look back on. That's actually where I started as well with Psalm 1 at Vacation Bible School. I think I was 10 years old, and my teacher challenged us to memorize Psalm 1 for the week of Vacation Bible School. And I think I did two verses a day so that by the end of the week we could have it memorized and have a prize. <laughs> That's great. What about you, Laura? What was your first verse that you remember? Uh, you know, I'm really going to give you a twofold answer on that because my mom started me memorizing from a very young age. I'm really not sure what the first verse was, but I know that she did teach me a letter, a verse for each letter of the alphabet. And that W verse has stuck with me, especially through the years. I'm grateful for that. But uh, I would say once I was a Christian, the first passage that probably really meant a lot to me to memorize on my own, not for any special program or outside achievement was actually from Second Peter 1 about the qualities of a Christian. I had just, as a, as a young Christian, been like, what's in Second Peter? Everybody wants to talk about First Peter. What's in Second Peter? And I read it and memorized a passage from it. So that, I kind of have a fondness for that passage. That's great. So yeah, when you're deciding to memorize Scripture, that first step, what will you memorize? And then Randy, what is the second W of memorizing Scripture? Well, the second one is, who will hold you accountable And I'm so glad that I got this one to speak on. This has been a a real game changer for me, and it's been one that's relatively new. This is, I think, one of the steps that we have a tendency to skip over, 
we tend to want to do things in isolation, and that's not really the Christian life. We're sheep. We're meant to do things in community. We're meant to do things with other believers. And this is a critical com- component of successful Scripture memorization, and it, it really is for two reasons. One is, is obviously accountability, but then also encouragement. Whenever you pursue a spiritual discipline, you're going to face temptations in life to let it go. You know, to put it off, to not continue, to not be consistent. When you have an accountability partner, and by the way, an accountability partner is someone you have an agreement with to to listen to you recite. Maybe a couple times a month, two to four times a month is great. But when you have an agreement like that, there's a layer of accountability that's there. You're going to keep going. You're going to memorize. You're going to make that goal because you know that that person's going to be listening to you on that date. And you don't want to let that person down. You want to keep that commitment. Uh, another thing that it does that I mentioned is encouragement. This is what I have found so striking. I My accountability partner in Scripture is a guy named Mark. And uh, we meet every other week to hear each other recite. And we're always encouraged by each other. Uh, I listen to him recite. He's uh, memorizing the Gospel of John right now. He hears me recite. We encourage each other. And our reciting to each other, it always is a platform to spiritual conversations and prayer. That's great. I know for me, kind of like you, Randy, accountability has been one of those, those secret ingredients that we so often underestimate. And I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but sometimes during the course of a busy day, maybe I'm feeling, hey, I need to, to set this stuff aside. I need to work on my verses. And that's the hardest thing that you ever do in a day is just carving out the time. But once you're doing it, you think, wow, I don't want to stop. The same thing has happened for me with accountability. It feels very uncomfortable and awkward to, to say to somebody, hey, can I recite some verses to you every, every few weeks or every couple of weeks? But once that ball gets rolling, it becomes such an enriching thing and something that you look forward to every week. And again, it really helps drive forward in a very practical way your memorization of Scripture because when you have an appointment to recite on a Friday morning, Thursday nights will almost always be your most productive time of Scripture memorization. Another thing to remember when we're talking about accountability partners is that choosing your partner it really matters. And it might not be that the first person who comes to mind is the person you should ask. Uh, For example, uh, your spouse or your parent or your child might be convenient, but they might also let you off the hook a little bit too easily. Uh, Also, think about this from an evangelistic perspective. Is there a coworker at your office that would be willing to listen to you recite once a week, and you could intentionally memorize some salvation verses to give an opportunity for witnessing there. Uh, There are people at your church, perhaps an elderly widow, who can't make it to church on a regular basis, and if you called them a couple of times a month to share your verses, it would mean so much to them. So be prayerful about that choice of an accountability partner. That's great advice. Uh, The final W, the third W of memorizing Scripture is choose a target completion date, or uh, in other words, when will you finish? And this is the part where I think sometimes these three W's begin to, to seem legalistic. We think, well, now hold on, I have to be very rigid about what I'm memorizing, when I'm going to finish, who's hearing me recite. But in almost every area of life, these are the types of goals that we set for ourselves. If we're going on a diet, we know what kind of diet it is, we know how much weight we want to lose, and we know how much time we're planning to spend on this. And so we have to have that tangible goal that we're putting on the calendar 
there's a friend of ours who has memorized the entire book of Revelation, and he is fond of saying that for so many of us, Scripture memorization is a plan that lives on someday island. I'm memorizing Psalm 1, and I'll finish someday. I'm going to memorize Scripture at some point this week and memorize these particular verses by some indefinite time. But when we say, hey, I'm doing Psalm 1, and that's going to happen by Friday, that gives us a very tangible goal that we can reach for, and it also helps us break down that goal into bite-sized pieces so that if you're wanting to memorize the Sermon on the Mount, that's three chapters, and there are 12 months in a year, well, why don't you memorize one chapter every four months? And it just helps you take that big goal and, and eat that elephant, so to speak, one bite at a time. So those are the three W's of memorizing Scripture. Our time is about up for today, but we thank you for joining us for this episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast. As we let you go, we want to leave you with a few action steps that you can take with you and kickstart your Scripture memory journey. The first is choose a portion of God's Word to memorize. The second is prayerfully select an accountability partner. And then finally, determine a reasonable target completion date. We trust that these tips will help kickstart your scripture memorization and that you will be richly blessed as you hide God's word in your heart. Thank you again for joining us. Be sure to subscribe and join us next time for another episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast, a ministry of Scripture Memory Fellowship. At SMF, our mission is to help you know, live, and love God's Word. If you're ready to take the next step in your Scripture Memory journey, visit us online at ScriptureMemory.com or download Verse Locker, our free Bible memory app. As always, be blessed today as you take time to enjoy God's Word. And be sure to join us next time for another episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast.